Hello and welcome to Next Slide Please, the podcast which takes you onto a journey into management consulting. My name is Tobias Stahl. I'm a principal at Strategy Engineers and Strategy Engineers is an international management consulting firm focused on mobility. In today's episode, I have again invited a dear guest of mine, which has been with us the last time. And the last time we said we can't talk about your project. Paulina, today we can talk about your project. But for those who didn't listen in, please give us a very brief introduction. Yes, sure. Hi, Toby. Thanks for having me again. So my name is Paulina Waligorski. I'm manager at Strategy Engineers, and I joined the company almost five years ago. Previously, I studied uh, chemical engineering in Munich. Um, and basically, yeah, because of that background, I've been doing a lot of projects uh, related to battery technologies, energy topics, but also CO2 assessments. And that's also my current assignment and my project and what we will talk about today. So not only the project itself, of course, but uh, the whole topic. Exactly. So the topic is how can you be sustainable as a management consulting firm. Um, Paulina, as you talked about your project, what type of assignment is that? So basically it's um, a automotive supplier um, who asked us to support them in assessing their CO2 emissions, so company-wide, and then also to support the development of a strategy. So looking forward, how they want to reduce their CO2 emissions, which targets uh, they set themselves, and also how to incorporate this whole into their company and organization. Mm -hmm. What is the general structure that there is for CO2 emissions? Because that feels like a new topic, although it's not, but how do you, how do you approach that? So basically, there are some standards um, which are yeah helpful and also categorizing uh, emissions and telling you a little bit what to do. But there's also a lot of questions out there. But one standard which uh, has become quite yeah known worldwide, or is at least the um, categorization of emissions, is the greenhouse gas protocol. And there they divide uh, CO2 emissions into three scopes, scope one, two, and three. And scope one is basically uh, direct emissions, which you or the company itself um, is emitting. And that is basically coming either from combustion of, for example, fossil fuels or through chemical reactions. So if we really generate CO2 itself. And scope two are indirect emissions uh, coming from purchasing energy and electricity. So basically, because we are using this energy, we are also causing emissions. And scope three is everything else. Um, so basically, things like business travel, employee commuting, um, purchased materials, goods, so up and downstream activities um, within the company. But it's a really broad field, so yeah. to say. It still sounds like there could be overlapping accounting. So if I say I include this in my calculation and I consider raw materials, for example, that I purchase, these are actually in the scope of another company. Yes, that's correct. Uh, so there is where the question marks uh, um, within all these standards. And yeah, basically where we and also companies are struggling, it's the boundaries. So if you really look into your own company, so for the direct emissions, that's quite clear. That's uh, your source. You are causing this. 
But looking at scope free, um, there it gets complicated. For example, we just take um, office materials. If we look at our company, Storage Engineers, we are using office materials. And if we um, do an assessment and calculate like every scope, we would also include them into our emissions. But actually, there are the companies who produce these office materials. And of course, they account them as well. So there's the double uh, accounting. And also, there are no laws, so to speak, or regulation how to deal with that. And the same goes for certificates. So mm. if you want to compensate CO2 emissions, um, and the famous example is buying a tree or planting a tree, so to speak, and it's uh, somewhere else, could be at a country, could be at the other side of the world, and who actually says this tree is only sold once, so to speak. So there are a lot of problems and also yeah, potential for greenwashing, actually. So just because I'm claiming I'm carbon neutral as a company doesn't mean I actually am. Yeah. And even if I have the like ambition and I, I'm myself or the company isn't doing anything wrong buying certificates, but uh, nobody can guarantee actually that's, yeah, then all good, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It's not a direct link that something will get better. But I think that's a, your example of the office material, for example, is quite, quite helpful because most people think about energy intensive processes and melting metal, the likes. Actually, if we talk about sustainability, we need to talk about our company as well. And even though it feels like we are not doing much because there's no production facility that we run, as a consulting firm, how sustainable do you think can we be and how sustainable are we? And that depends, again, uh, how you look at it. Um, so basically, if we just look at our core business, so to speak, or we just look at scope one and two, then we actually very sustainable. So because we are it's people business, there are people uh, working somewhere with computers and we have also company cars. And that's basically, I mean, the minor things as well, but there's basically it. Um, but if you look at it at a broader perspective, how we used to work with our clients. So uh, it involves traveling and it's also often by plane. And it's not only one person flying, it's the entire team. And then it's uh, used to be weekly basis. Um, so you can imagine that's a lot of CO2 recasting, just going back and forth all the time with the plane. Um, so taking that into account, then it's not really sustainable. Yeah. And you're saying that used to be, so apparently things have changed through COVID. Correct. Yeah. So COVID uh, changed a lot. Um, I mean, others uh, experienced that as well. Um, there's the possibility of working from home. It's more common and it's also uh, not necessary all the time to go to the client, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, it's also a real change in the mindset of uh, some consultants, I have to admit, <laughs> because uh, we used to travel a lot and it's kind of also the lifestyle or the picture you have in the head uh, when you talk about consulting, that you're always on the road uh, and the road is not always <laughs> the road, it's actually then the uh, airport and planes and yeah, a lot of traveling. Yeah, so COVID has been a challenge for many, um, let's call them alpha consultants who become consultants <laughs> yeah. because they want to be consultants because they have a certain picture in mind that they want to live up to. Um, all of what you describe has been summarized under this term of the new normal, kind of. Mm -hmm. Now that actually almost all the COVID restrictions are 
at least in the moment, not in place anymore. Let's see what comes back for the winter. But at the moment, what is left of this new normal? And has this been a sustainable change or is that going back to the old world? So it really depends on the project. Um, we do have projects where it's necessary to be on site. So if we have an optimization process like and looking really in production facilities, it does make sense to be there and to take actually look at it and how everything is working. But the regular week going, like flying out on Monday, coming back on Thursday each week, that's gone actually. Yeah. So we do have that, of course, as well, um, sometimes if it's necessary, but it's not the yeah given way to do it anymore. And also, I think it changed that we really um, think about the best setup right now mm -hmm. and also always with the client. So um, sometimes the client is working from home as well. So yeah. Yeah. that doesn't make any sense to go there then. And it's more yeah, fluid, so to speak. Maybe it does make sense to, if it's a new client, to be there one, two weeks to get to know each other and also to see how they work processes. And especially if we need to see something and then work independently, remote, and then maybe come back or don't even come back. So it really depends on the setup. Yeah, yeah. I think the point of our clients being in a work from home mode as well, that's quite important because of course you can try to be at the client as much as you want to, but if they're just not there or they would have to come to the office just to meet the consultants, that's a question that has never been asked before. And that's quite interesting. And I must say, I have at the moment a project running where the team is spread across Europe and it's the, the planning of a new gigafactory. So there's many people involved. Nobody has ever seen anybody in this team. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there have been a few meetings of select persons, but it has never been the case that the entire team was in one location at the same time. And this works remarkably well, I must say. And that's largely due to people have learned to use virtual communication and collaboration tools. Yeah. And if you compare that to the beginning of 2020, that's really a different animal by now. Yeah, that's I think true. that has helped a lot. Yeah. And also a lot of, uh, yeah, the tools are better, of course. Yeah. Uh, they're more advanced and also people are used to uh, work with them. So it's made a lot of things easier. Yeah. And if it's working for everybody, then it's fine. Yeah, so we can summarize consulting business has changed. And I think this, as you said, the default of Monday to Thursday, that's not there anymore. And that's quite helpful because you can really tailor the, the travel needs to what the project needs and not what is typical in the industry. And that leaves us with the question, coming back to that question, how sustainable are we as a consulting firm? Because it feels like we are getting there, but you indicated that we are not there yet. Yeah, so uh, we are getting better, but we are not uh, sustainable yet, so to speak. There are still some things open and also it's going to take a while. Um, sometimes a flight is necessary and there's actually no technology right now that it's carbon neutral. So, um, yeah, we just launched a new car policy where we only have full electric company cars um, from now on. And that's, of course, one big step. And also... Yeah, not maybe perceived by everybody as like positive. I mean, in reflects to CO2, of course, but it's still also kind of a mindset thing in people's heads. And yeah, so 
we are working on that and uh, I think we are on the right way. And we're also having like green energy, of course, in the offices. Mm -hmm. We're trying to reduce other things and also the usage of things. Um, buying recycled materials, for example. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of small things you can do. And of course, there's also the big elephant in the room with the flights. Um, but we will get there as well. I'm pretty yeah. positive. At least we're not trying to resort to greenwashing. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because sure. that's actually, I mean, of course, you could also do it this way that you have your CO2 emissions and just buy for each of the CO2 tons a certificate mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. don't do any other measures or things. So, and then that's it. You're carbon neutral, but we actually try to change things as well. Yeah. Yeah. And to avoid having a shady forest somewhere in Africa where we actually never know if it's there. And as you said in the beginning, whether it has been sold twice or maybe more often, um, I think that's exactly the right approach there. Um, so we can't claim yet that we are carbon neutral, but we are working to get, uh, towards that. And that is, I think, especially important since our vision is to make mobility sustainable. And as we are a part of that, of course, we have to think about ourselves as well. Um, the Ingoing statement was that you are doing a project with a customer at the moment assessing their CO2. That suggests that it's not only us thinking about that, but it's actually a kind of new driving force in the mobility and automotive industry. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so uh, a lot of OEMs and also suppliers are increasingly um, requesting statements and also actions actually. Uh, to reduce the CO2 emissions. So in the first step is to know what your emissions are and then to work on that to reduce them. And it's also kind of a yeah criterion in um, yeah looking for partners and mm -hmm. suppliers. So, so you're not going to be listed if you can't answer these questions in a way that satisfies and is, is plausible. Yeah, correct. So currently it's, I mean, sometimes they are having already like hard facts, so to be uh, like requests. Okay, mm -hmm. you have to have a carbon neutral product um, because I want to buy it. And if you don't have it carbon neutral, then I won't buy it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And others are just like asking right now because they know it's a complex topic for your plan, for strategy. So until when do you want to have green energy? Until when do you think you can reduce uh, emissions in your supply chain mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. 20%, whatever. And if you have no answers to that, then you actually also not really on their list anymore and they yeah. will go somewhere else. I think that's a, an incredibly strong change in perspective because it used to be, and I think actually probably until 2021, that people would frame everything that is directed towards increasing sustainability, reducing CO2 emissions and whatever. That was always like, this creates an additional cost. And if someone does that, it is, well, it's nice that they do it, but it could be seen as a competitive disadvantage. Mm -hmm. And other companies would try to make it a unique selling proposition that they say, well, I am the one who does it uh, carbon neutral. I'm so sustainable. But this is now fundamentally changing because in the end, this is not anymore a source of differentiation or anything that is positive on the market, but it's actually your, your ticket to join the party. Yes. So yes. in the near future, being sustainable is not a question anymore, but if you're not, you will have a problem. Yeah. 
basically you need to be sustainable and you need to have a plan. Uh, otherwise, you're just off the market, actually. Yeah. And I mean, it's not only driven, of course, by the OEMs and companies, uh, it's driven by um, governments as well. So there is no way around it. Yeah. So even the ones who are really reluctant right now and don't do anything, it's a wake up call. You need to do it um, because then otherwise you will have no business, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's a very, well, striking perspective. Um, let's just hope that it's not too late. And let's see that really things are changing. And I think the, the, well, the complexity in the world has significantly increased, especially this year. But there is hope at least that this puts some more effort into the topics because now the economy is actually favoring something that is driven towards sustainability. Whereas in the past, it was always like additional cost and um, mm -hmm. not needed. And now as things are changing, both in the climate, but also in the geopolitical world. I think it's, um, yeah, let's yeah. end on a hopeful note there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. There's a lot of things going on right now. And also, as you were saying, costs was always the one factor. And now it's going to be cost and CO2 yeah. Yeah. in the near future. Which leads to the question whether we get a proper CO2 price. But um, yeah, let's see. Uh, hopefully <laughs> we will <laughs> get there as well. But I'm quite positive. So like, I think in this year and last year, a lot of things are changing already and it's in the right direction. And it's also us, it's other companies. So yeah. Cool. Looking forward. And um, well, thank you, Paulina. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me for this really important topic. Yeah. Yeah. That was insightful and uh, motivating in the end, which is rare these days. So <laughs> 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 on, that, on that important and nice note, Let's finish this episode. Thanks for tuning in. And also thanks to the very nice feedback that we received from one person who actually applied with us, having listened to all of the podcast episodes that we have recorded so far. Um, we're going to end this one by playing the jingle again. <laughs> thanks for having me. Bye. Bye-bye.